Finley Toyota Studios. I forgot for a second. Uh, Damon is there with him as well. I am uh, across town as the studio is over on the west side. I'm across town actually at Parkway Tavern, guys. I'm getting set up here for the debut of the 23-24 Kevin Kruger Radio Show. What's going on, fellas? Not much. It'd be nice to be out there with you, but uh, maybe swing by later. It'll be a good time, and uh, I think all the listeners probably should. Uh, better yes. than hanging out here with Damon. What? That hurts. It does hurt. Well, normally, when I'm out of studio, we usually have a uh, pizza party, as you know. Uh, sure. Don't tell the front desk. Um, Damon, how many of the 7-Eleven pizzas do you have left from all the bets? Uh, Steve, I've got some bad news about those pizzas. Don't tell me they went bad. They went bad. What? Here's what happened. I come home. I don't think those go bad. What does that mean? I went home. Uh, there's a deep freezer in the garage, and I toss it in right. there. There are two, actually. But the one that I tossed it in wasn't plugged up. So when I go like two days later to, you know, eat my collected pizzas, you know, it's it's it stinks. And then I just have to throw away my um, lukewarm 7-Eleven pizzas that were never being frozen. What a nightmare. Yeah. Adam, uh, Damon won simply because he got his car back from the repo man. Damon won uh, three pizzas, uh, I think three uh, energy drinks. And there you go. There you go. You never know what's going to happen around the Mon day to day. I think my the deep freezer. That one was unplugged. My my biggest question is why it was the car not in the garage instead of the freezer? Then it wouldn't have been repoed. They wouldn't have found it. Yeah, we went through this already. We went uh, through this week. Sorry, you missed out on garage. a lot of show. But uh, Demond, what you, you parked it across the street, right, Demond? Yeah, it was across and the then, street. Uh, yeah, no, I, I understand was, that. No, we bye went bye. through that. But I'm saying if there was a garage, should just parked in the garage and they wouldn't have found it. That's where the other cars are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not everyone gets a spot in the garage. Right, yeah. It's, it's the least it's his parents garage. can hold on to. It's fair enough. It is, it is very fair. When, when uh, you're Kevin Brewer Radio payments, Show is get, tonight. Get the garage. Uh, $2 Miller Lights during the show. Happy hours going on uh, right now, 3 to 6. So you can come on down. I think we're going to be set up on the patio. That's where I prefer to be set up. But we'll see if it gets to... Uh, 50 mile an hour winds. It's about 15 right now. If uh, if that's the case, we'll go inside. But they have a beautiful patio here. The show will be playing out on the patio. So good stuff. And then happy hour. They got half price pizza and apps, and then two bucks off the beer, the wine, the well drinks. And we are at the district location. Uh, Odom show is back tomorrow. That is at the 215 and Flamingo location on the west side. But we are in Henderson in the district. So come on out. And it's all leading to Adam the season opener tomorrow. Night got two games in the next four days. Southern University is in town for the opener tomorrow night, and more of those promos. They're really trying to build up the promotions for these games. Two dollar beers during the game. There's a rally towel giveaway, uh, free raisin canes for the students, and they got a uh, halftime act coming in as well. Adam, did you get to watch any of the college basketball last night? Like, I am overwhelmed just even looking at the scoreboard. I did. Uh, man, there's so many games on ESPN Plus now. Uh, I had that. I had that going. I had a tablet, a laptop, a phone, and and the TV going. Um, and then I realized there was times when I'd have to get off of the stream on my phone to live bet. So then I was like, oh, <laughs> now I'm down to three screens. It's a little rough. Uh, but yeah, I was watching as much as I could. Uh, you know, watched uh, actually watched quite a bit of Oklahoma State getting upset. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Like really struggling as they usually do early in the season, but that was uh, that was rough to watch a team that's supposed to be in the top five uh, really struggle. And Izzo usually figures it out by the end of the year. 
oftentimes his team struggle early. People just forget that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was checking out quite a bit. Uh, New Mexico played last night in the conference. They won uh, 92-55 against Texas Southern. Um, pretty balanced scoring, and they were up big pretty early on. So they've got a, a good deep team. They're big. They brought in a kid, Mustafa Amzil, who's more of a stretch four, but he's 6'9". Uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph from Iona, he's 6'9", 250. He had eight points and five rebounds last night. Uh, yeah, okay, there, there you go. They went with a three-guard lineup because a lot of the talk Adam, around New Mexico is, yes, Jalen House is back. Yes, Jamal Mashburn Jr. is back. But Donovan Dent in his sophomore year, a lot of people tried to steal him from the Lobo, Lobo program. And he stayed around. And my question was, man, when is a third guard going to play? Because he's also a smaller guy at 6'1". So they actually came out with the small lineup where they've got, you know, 6'1", 5'11", 6'1", with Dent, House, and Mashburn. And we'll see how that works. And they've got some impact freshmen who've come in. So New Mexico, I think if if House and Mashburn have grown up a little bit and can keep their cool throughout the game, because that's my issue with them. And, frankly, it's, it's sort of my issue with – uh, Rich Patino is if he keeps it together and, you know, coaches kind of, uh, you know, calmly, they can they actually can challenge Boise and San Diego State for the top of the conference. Yeah, uh, I think so. And I, I did watch San Diego State last night. They came out on fire and then absolutely just let the lead get away, uh, kind of really stopped uh, focusing, and they, they lost, uh, lost control of the game a little bit and then pulled away as soon as the second mm -hmm. half started. So, um, that was an interesting team to watch, but they obviously look pretty good, too. Still no Darian Trammell. So they actually started Reese Waters, who was uh, one of the best six men in the Pac-12 with USC. So Micah Parrish, last year transfer from the MAC. Uh, he had 17. And then uh, Jaden Ledee is going to be a really interesting guy. I don't know that he can play the defense. That Mensa played for the last 12 years for them because it huh. seemed like he was always there. But uh, – he is 6'9", he is 260 pounds of freaking bulk and muscle, and he had 27 and 10. So they're going to be pretty freaking good, and then uh, we'll see what they get from the bench. I think that might be their concern there. Yeah, I, I think for, for sure. Uh, that's, you know, depth and, and fi just figuring out roles uh, now with you know some of the guys moving on and uh, obviously the success they had last year. Everybody kind of wants to have that same thing, but they're not the same team. So uh, a lot of work to do, but I think they'll get there. And, uh, credit to uh, Joe Musgrove, by the way. Big, okay. big fan. The pitcher for the Padres. Oh, is that right? Who uh, was there till the bitter end? Like you could nice. see him in the shot, and I was like, "Oh, he'll probably leave like at halftime." Uh, then yeah. it's like a twenty-five point game in the second half, and he's still there, riding it out. So, good fan. I mean, hell, everyone in that community should be supporting San Diego State basketball. You make a run to the national championship game. That's uh, pretty freaking amazing. Um, last night at T-Mobile, we're going to get to what happened to uh, my LSU Lady Tigers in just a couple minutes, but um, was there some celebrity pop-ins? Was Devontae Adams at the game? Yeah, Devontae was there, uh, just hanging out, watching the game. I uh, believe he was with Dexter Fowler, actually. An interesting crew. Uh, sure. But he was... Just kind of hanging out in the front row watching, and then the official for the game started, like, passing the ball back and forth to him in the front row as they got ready for the game. What? Yeah. The official's like, here, get a little couple bounce passes. He's like, uh, hey, check out the ball. Make sure it's okay. So Devontae <laughs> was checking it out, you know, rubbing it up a little bit. Obviously, we saw Devontae's uh, uh, hoop game last week. He's pretty good, pretty good shooter, uh, pretty good basketball player back in the day. Um, and so, you know, they're kind of having a conversation, and then the ref says – Hey, you guys look good. Look like you're turning around. I was at the game last night, section three twelve. Like, well, 
why is this conversation happening, first of all? But it was it was a very starstruck official for sure. Um, and then Devontae yeah. responded to him on a hot mic, which people are taking as, you know, uh, just a shot at Josh McDaniels. They're moving on. But um, he said, you know, get used to it. There's going to be plenty more. We're just getting started here. Oh, uh, the wins or going out and having fun? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> People are definitely reading a lot into it, but it was of course it was just a very casual conversation with the referee that Devontae certainly did not know was going to be out there. We will have another hot mic moment in the four o'clock hour as we'll get into uh, a Raj on the field last night uh, talking to a member of the Chargers, but uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, uh, today uh, big turnout, maybe more of a positive media vibe for Coordinators Day. How was the uh, the setup today as a, a new man in? front of the uh, dais or I guess behind the dais in Bo Hardigree. Yeah, it wasn't uh it wasn't massive. Uh, usually it's me and maybe one other person. I think today there was four. Nice. So a little bit of an expanded uh, field in the uh, coordinator room, but um, I also think look, Bo Hardigree didn't say a lot, but it's more than we used to get from Mick Lombardi. At least Bo Hardigree is calling the play, so there's a little bit more to say. Uh, he's still pretty buttoned up. Uh, still did not uh, Certainly did not want to address my question about, you know, who is the right tackle going forward, uh, because that appears to be in question. Uh, right. But at least he, you know, talked about the game plan and what they did, and you know, he gave some answers to some questions, even if he, you know, avoided others. Like it was a little bit of a, an improvement from, you know, access wise in terms of the coordinator. What's the deal at right tackle? So Jermaine Illuminor and Thayer Munford have rotated all season long. Uh, actually, at least the last six weeks they have. Neither one of them has been happy with that, um, not because they don't like each other. They're actually very close friends. But it's almost like, hey, pick a guy. Like, it doesn't make sense as, you know, somebody who, you know, to me was a, uh, for myself, was a very poor offensive lineman, but somebody who's been around a lot of offensive linemen and uh, talked to, you know, covered linemen throughout the years. Like, they want to be in the game because it just doesn't make sense to come out where you have – you know, maybe three good plays and you're playing well, and then all right, now the other guy's turn for his drive. Now you're going to go back in the game and try to get a feel for, you know, pick up where you left off, and you know, after you've cooled down, and you just don't get any kind of a rhythm. So both of them have talked about the fact that they're rotating on drives and it just not being ideal for either one of them. Uh, the offensive line clearly with their best performance of the year uh, on Sunday. You know, I would argue that a lot of that was the defense not trying hard, but uh, they had their best performance. I don't think there's much question. The the first time they ran for 100 yards as a team uh, they were able to move the ball consistently uh, obviously able to keep the quarterback clean when they didn't really have to drop back at all uh, but Thayer Munford was hurt so there was no rotating there was just one guy the whole time so was that consistency a big part of why they played well I don't know uh, I, I'm not I'm not ready to make that you know complete declaration but it certainly has to be argued that if you don't rotate, you play better. I mean, there's one example of it. It's a very short sample size, but you saw it. So when Thayer Munford is healthy, does it go back to a rotation, or is Jermaine Illuminor the guy now because of how well they played? I think that's an, an interesting question and one that Bill Hardigree basically said, well, when we have that issue, we'll address it. So here's the new, uh, as Adam was talking about Bill Hardigree, the new offensive coordinator talking about what helped him prepare for this first game. I mean, I frankly, like just throughout – you know, my years of coaching and playing, I mean, every game, I mean, every snap you gain more information. 
um, and as a young coach, and then gradually as I progressed throughout my career, um, relying on people, asking questions, and then certain situations that happen, and you just try to develop that and have that carry over into you know what we did tried to do on Sunday. Up next, this one, uh, Hardegree talks about actually asking the players what they prefer to run. I just want them to feel confident and comfortable. And, and um, you know, like I told you, I went into everybody's rooms um, kind of when we hit the ground running on those first couple meetings and just let them know kind of me and then get some feedback from them. And I, uh, you know, even during the game, you know, I'm telling them kind of what's coming up, what I'm thinking, uh, what are they seeing, um, which is important. They're the guys out there. You know, I'm calling the plays, and I want to call plays that, you know, they feel confident about. And if there's something that I really want to get out, you know, get out there to them, I'll let them know it's coming. And it's just constant communication with, with those guys. All right, fresh start. Offense coordinator Bo Hardegree will break him down a little more throughout the week. So exciting times right now. Adam kind of threw a wet blanket all over it and uh, pitched a lot of it towards the opponent, which I don't blame him. And I think there's an interesting opponent coming in this week, and we'll, we'll – Hitting on that throughout the week. The Jets' defense is very good. I'm not sure what the offense is. Right now, after watching Monday Night Football, we'll get to the Monday Night Football game in a few minutes. So about 100 teases, a lot of stuff to get to here on a Tuesday, Cofield and Company. On the way back, though, we had big-time basketball, college basketball in town at T-Mobile. And looky here, uh, I tabbed them, the greatest women's basketball team in the history of the game. And my good friend, Kim Mulkey, what the hell? What happened, LSU? Actually, I can just talk because I know what you're going to ask. You ready, guys? Yes, Julian was really good today. Uh, he uh, he had a really, really big impact. Um, he brought us the energy that we needed. We didn't have a focus in the first half, but the second half was, I think, we beat them like 70, 75 to 40, 75 to 45. So, I mean, that was, uh, that was I think, uh, that's where we won the game, of course. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Jokic, Adam, fun or insulting? Um, I think if you do it once, it's fun. I mean, he's probably right. That is probably what they were going to ask. Right. Should we get rid of post-game media conferences? No. <laughs> Please, no. Uh, I First of all, I don't like podiums after the game for sure. It should be one-on-ones or scrums, you know, at lockers, that kind of thing. Uh, post-game. Why don't post-game, they do that? Well, players don't necessarily love it, which apparently they don't love the press conference either. Uh, right. But – I I think it's a much better way to do it. You get more questions, you get, um, you know, more questions from more diff- more various outlets and better answers. I think in that setting than you do on a podium with cameras and microphones and all that stuff around. So, um, I don't know. I, I've never liked the post game podium, but I think that it's a it's a happy medium for some. Uh, in town, I have no idea what the mood was because I didn't make it out there last night. But uh, I wonder what the mood was after LSU's women's team. What was the mood like with Kim Mulkey? They lost 92-78, a favorite to win the national title, a favorite to win the game. I thought a team that could go unbeaten this season, they got to play South Carolina once. They lose the opener. I mean, 
what was the mood? Did you see Kim Mulkey's face? It wasn't great. I took joy in it. What was Haley Van Lith talking about before the game? So she, she was at she was doing like a social video. It looked like uh, for LSU, and you know it was kind of the players of you know what games looking forward to, and they were taking questions. It looked like from fans or you know other people on social. And the question was, what game are you most looking forward to? Now, she did do the right thing and said, well, obviously today, because, you know, every game you're looking, you're always looking forward to the game right in front of you. Uh, but then she said, everyone can get the smoke. Mm, maybe you just got to focus on one <laughs> game at a time instead of calling out everyone yeah. on your schedule all year right before your first game because it looked like you didn't want the smoke, Haley, and LSU. You know, it's funny, Damon and I interviewed Mulkey, and Damon, what do we hit on a bunch of times? How is the chemistry going to work on this team, and how are they going to blend together? And she assured us that it would be just fine. Or even when I asked about the starting five, she said it's not about the, the five that start, it's about the five that finish. And, you know, she's got players, basically her top, you know, eight, nine rotation, they can start anywhere in the country, but they can't play together. I also I think I even think though they're probably upset right now, uh, my guess is that this is exactly what Kim Mulkey, well, not exactly what she wanted, but this is sort of welcome as a wake-up call that she can point to the entire season. Yeah, every single like you're going to be in the mix. You're going to be in the tournament. They're not going to miss the tournament. They're going to be fine. Like the games that matter to them are the ones in the tournament and maybe the ones in the conference tournament, just to you know win a conference title, that sort of thing. But. Uh, those are the games that matter to them because that's what they're going to be playing for. And this all year long can be, you guys thought you were so good, you could just walk out on the floor and win. Well, it doesn't work that way. Everybody's gunning for you. You remember what happened to Colorado? Like, she'll be able to use it all year, and I'm sure she's fine with it. Uh, giveaway time, 364-1100, caller 7, two tickets to see Scorpions. These are win them before you can buy them. They're on sale, Ticketmaster.com, on Friday. It's Bach Theater, Planet Hollywood, Scorpions. Caller 7, 364-1100. All right, Steve Cofield, Adam Hill, Damon, back in the Finley Toyota Studios. We're getting ready for a Kevin Kruger radio show tonight, the 23-24 debut um, this is your time of the show, guys, because you know I checked out on baseball a while ago. I wasn't very interested in the World Series. It's looking more and more obvious that while baseball is making a crap ton of money on the international front and digital front in the U.S., it's becoming more and more regional. Is that the way you read it, Adam? Uh, yeah, I think so, and, and places where they win. Well, I think it's heavily regional, and this Cubs and Brewer story is a perfect example of it. Yeah. I mean, well, it's also – I think there's intrigue beyond for people that maybe if you don't pay that much attention to, um, to you know, what's going on uh, with the Cubs and Brewers. If you don't follow baseball that much, uh, you can at least still uh, see, you know, the intrigue in a situation like this. Uh, with a a manager who leaves one team where there wasn't any thought that he might leave, and another team who already has a manager and already announced he was coming back, 
hires him away from a division rival and a very close neighbor, actually, in the grand scheme of things. Like, I think that has, you know, that kind of transcends just a baseball story. That's a, you know, a sports, it's a life story uh, that, that is going on. So Craig Council, who was the manager of the Brewers, uh, was hired by the Cubs for, you know, the most lucrative contract that any manager has. And the Cubs had already announced that their manager, David Ross, was coming back. Was their, was their manager for next year. And everybody learns that he's fired by the announcement of a hire of Craig Council, which is just a wild story. Um, I, I thought that was a, a very interesting development uh, that happened between those two teams. And uh, obviously the you know the Brewers are upset. The Cubs are happy. David Ross is a little confused. There's some David Ross, some in David Ross's camp with the Cubs that are kind of confused, I'm sure, as well. Uh, but I did find it interesting that the, uh, the powers that be in Milwaukee said, hey, first we were mad, but really – it's his loss. He loses Milwaukee as a city. He loses this organization as a family. Um, I don't think he cares. Uh, he's moving to Chicago, a better place with more money. I think he's okay with losing out on the community of Milwaukee. Did you see or did you read that there's a some sort of, uh, I don't know what the hell it is, something in Milwaukee to honor? Craig? No, no, it's actually in his hometown. I don't know if it's a bench or some – Small monument or mention as someone to face that. It's like, geez, Poor relax. Guy. He's just trying to advance his career. I did see the other day the um, the quote resurfaced. I think from uh, from Prince Fielder, who was asked about Craig Council, you know, his style, how it's going to be, because he played uh, with Craig Council as a player, uh, and then he was a coach at some point. But uh, he said, um, one, t- he said, what was like the best advice he ever gave you? And Prince said, uh, one time I was saying, hey, like the, the infield's back. I might bunt here. And he said, if you do, I punch you in the face. Which seems aggressive, but it's the kind of message that's going to stick with you. And that's what it sounds like Prince Fielder was saying. I don't think you can talk to players like that anymore. <laughs> you can. It's fair. You can do what you want to do. Whatever message gets through. Yeah, I think the things that you could say as a player, you know, aren't going to fly. I think as a he manager. was the. I think he was the coach at the time. I'm oh, he was. Okay. <laughs> I think he might have played with. Maybe was the end, beginning of his career was at the end of Cecil's career, but he managed Prince. I, there was a, a lot of connection to the family, whatever it was. But um, yeah, that that was what he said. Is that he was thinking about bunting, and coach said he'd punch him in the face. But, that, uh, you know that what sticks with you? That's fair because Prince Fielder. What are you doing? What are you doing, bunting? Well, if the, if the, they're going to play that far back, that's basically what he's saying is, hey, they're all playing on the outfield grass against me. Like, I, if they're going to play on the outfield grass, I'm just going to bunt. Or well, you can. Let's get punched in the face. That's you know what? No, that, you're, that's, that's actually good coaching. You don't think Antonio Pierce, <laughs> you think Antonio Pierce is threatening to punch guys in the face? If they do certain things? Yeah, no, you're right. Because that player saying that, yeah. Also, the, the image of Craig Council punching Prince Fielder in the face is already so, somewhat funny. Yeah, he was a massive guy. Yeah, and Council's a little littler guy. Yeah, but if Antonio Pierce tried, I'm trying to think, what could a defensive player say that, that would make Antonio Pierce say, yeah, you try that, and I'll punch you in the face? Yeah, if it's like Max Crosby saying, I might, I might drop in coverage. Yeah, who drop back and play corner. Yeah. You do that? Jared Wilson, let me line up against him. Punch in the face. <laughs> like, all right, coach, settle, settle down. <laughs> Relax. It's not necessary. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think in the end it's going to create a good rivalry. It'll be fun. 
I'm sure people are going to you know be tuned in. They're going to put national game the first time they play each other. It'll be on ESPN. It'll be fun. I I look forward to that. I think creating interest and rivalries and things like that is only good for the game. The game that we're going to have to pay attention to because the A's are coming, unfortunately. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, rolling along on this Tuesday. Cofield and Company, Adam Hill is here. Demond is as well. We got Darren Millard coming up here in uh, just a second. Are we doing phone or is he coming in? He's here. Oh, okay. I'm here. All right. Well, no one put a camera on, and unfortunately, I didn't get any uh, chat notice, but. What's going on? Not to complain on the air, but what's happening, Darren? Why are you complaining on the air? I don't know. I, I've, what he does. You know what's funny? It, it rubbed off from uh, someone else onto me. Really? Who's complaining yeah. on the air? <laughs> I don't know. I hear it all over the place. So I love I, complaining. I cracked for one moment. I love complaining on the air. I know you do. Like It's, so just, it's, it's the best. You just dive right in. But you, ha- you have to find something that people can relate to. You can't go just off and being selfish and arrogant about it, which is I'm also pretty good at. But yeah. the you, the complaining on the air, you got to find something that people can can relate like, to. A couple weeks ago, we did like 15 minutes on the fact that it was 95 degrees in this room. I, I think that was conservative, <laughs> 95 degrees. But people can't relate to that. They, yeah, they can. No. Their offices, if the thermostat's broken. Okay, m- how maybe hard a it is fraction to people. Sure, yeah. yeah. You got you got to find something a little bit more mainstream. Well, you you came in here like it's twelve degrees. Why are you so bundled up? What are you I don't doing? know why I'm bundled up. I had to do a couple of on ice uh, demonstrations breakdowns today, so I was uh, I was on the blades doing some stuff with Shane, and uh, and I've never really warmed up since then. This this does lead me to something on a very it's very unrelated. I mean, it's somewhat related actually. I uh, love unrelated like stuff too. Um, I have a friend who has a child. They just the child is very into the Golden Knights. Three years old. Three. Three. Wow. And wanted to start playing hockey. Love it. And he's out there on the ice. I got the got the videos the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, kid doesn't really know how to skate, but they're trying to figure it out. Like, when should you start your kids playing hockey? If they if they're into it, they want to do it. Is that too young? I think three is too young to play hockey. Okay. But three is a great age to start skating, and go through your learn to skating uh, lessons. And work your way up from that, and you gain some confidence there. And if you want to go out on, on free ice and stick and puck and throw a stick in your hand and, and have some fun with that, sure. But uh, at three, four, five, I would focus on skating before anything else. It's got to be something since you've come to this community that people ask a lot about, just because yeah. people are all of a sudden in the last five years into hockey, and they're like, well, how do you even – Get started. Like a lot of people that live here never grew up with it, so they don't know what the right programs are, where to put them, like that sort of thing. Is that something that's asked you a lot from parents? Yeah, yeah. Every uh, every now and then, diff- between adults uh, as well, uh, looking to play the game themselves, along with parents who would like to get their children involved or their children have shown an interest, and, and I set, go down the same path with them. Uh, the the most. Uh, uh, biggest advice and the most promising uh, avenue that you can take is learn how to skate. And once you learn how to skate, the game is going to be so much more enjoyable uh, to you than trying to free- go out with a stick and play around with it and not be able to get around because you're not going to be able to touch the puck. When you say learn how to skate, I think 
it's really learn how to stop. Learning how to skate is easy. I I learned how to skate pretty young. I never learned how to stop. You just you find the board and just crash yeah, in. Yeah, they're, they're, that's why the boards are round. <laughs> they just kind of guide you in. They they angle you just like defending in the neutral zone. It's all about angles uh, that, that you work with that. No, there, I think I think skating is uh, is a difficult uh, thing to master, and it's not like. Inline skating is not like roller skating. It's it's a very different different beast out there. And shocking, it it can hurt when you fall. Uh, yeah, it looks like it uh, for sure. And when you crash into somebody, yeah, <laughs> it's painful too. Uh, Which happens a lot in in rec leagues. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Oh, I've seen I've seen some going on out there. First of all, I see games. I drive if I drive by City National, like twelve o'clock at night. There's people yeah. out there. Yeah, we play uh, on Thursday nights. We we have our league, and our games are either nine fifty or ten fifty. That uh, that your ice time which is available. Yeah, not which, that many which, rinks out which, there, huh? which is great. No, no, you need more rinks. We're getting more, and but we're getting more players too. Like you look at look at what last July thirteenth did for this community, and then take a percentage of that of people that will start playing the game or their children will get involved in the game. You're going to see a wave in three to four years. Uh, of of a massive amount of people, like uh, maybe twenty percent, fifteen percent, new people that are trying the game in the next three years, it, there's going to be a, a spill off of that. That is the voice of Darren Millard from the Golden Knights. We can get into what is actually going on on the ice, but there mm-hmm. is actually other news off the ice that I know a lot of people are excited about. You mentioned the Stanley Cup victory; they're going to celebrate it. The White House, yeah. it's coming up. Yeah, next week. The trip to Washington is coming up. First of all, are you going to the White House? Uh, I don't think so. Are you allowed? I am. I okay. have I have an opportunity, uh, but uh, it would mean flying out and then flying back uh, because I have to do the game from here. I just mean, are you you're, you're Canadian? Yeah, but but I, <laughs> I I have an affinity for the White House. I do. I, I not I, going I, to visit Trudeau. They're you know, they're going. Yeah, you, you can make a case that I would probably rather go to the White House. <laughs> uh, not to get too political. I, I was a big West Wing fan. Okay, uh, you in, have to in go. The day. So I, I, there's there's family, there's different things going on. I wouldn't be they, part of it. and they get it. I wouldn't be part of the, the team. I would be part of like a reporting pool. So I wouldn't do all the behind the scenes stuff. Still. But it's still, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. The, the White House trip is a big part of what I think the, the perk that goes along with the Stanley Cup. Will anyone let William Carlson have a microphone I hope so. House. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> are you talking like Social Security or are you talking about think, our security? Uh, our secu- <laughs> well, I don't think – I mean, after his speech, which I still think is the greatest moment in Las Vegas sports history, his speech. So here's a story about the speech. I was okay. at the DMV this summer, this fall, and his speech inspired a bunch of people to try to get license plates with day – Deep one, <laughs> and and D A Y F N O N E, yeah, or F N number a, one. A couple of people got flagged, and the the person that approves all those, because there is a person, just happens to be a massive Golden Knights fan, okay, and knew exactly what they were trying to accomplish. Like it, it didn't slide through. You're a fan, let it through. Uh, well, you, no profanity, right? F N is not profanity. Well, that I think you could. That might get through. D-A-Y-F-N-O-N-E. Uh, I bet you that one's taken. 
if it, it if it hasn't been rejected, I bet it's it's taken. But there was there was a run on a bunch of uh, people submitting uh, takes on the William Carlson speech for their vanity plates. Fantastic! It's pretty cool. That's Fantastic. when I I think you know you've made an impact. So Golden Knights they're going to celebrate next week. This week they did suffer their first regulation loss. Uh, I think we talked yesterday a little bit off the air. I thought they just ran out of gas. Uh, it was so much emotion going into a Saturday night game against a rival who's a contender. You beat them seven nothing, and then you have to come back less than twenty four hours later and play on the road, uh, have a lead two nothing, and then give up four goals in the third period. I was like, that's just gas. They ran out. They ran out. The tank's empty. Been a intense start to the year. You said no, not necessarily the case. Yeah, I didn't think they played bad in the third period. They. Turned over the puck on one occasion, which fortuitously went to a player who was so far behind the play, he was irrelevant at the time, and, but it bounced right to him. And they got a couple of bounces, being Anaheim. And you didn't give up a lot. Now, there was some zone time, but Vegas gives up zone time. Sure. Uh, but they didn't give up a, a lot of opportunities. There was just three shots while the goaltender was uh, was in, uh, or four shots while the goaltender was in, and, uh, and three of them happened to find its win. It was the, one of the biggest, flukiest, weirdest periods I've ever witnessed uh, for a team to lose a hockey game on. And I think if you want to call it evening out the breaks from earlier this season, uh, I, I would buy that. But if you play that period 10 times, how many times is Vegas going to win that? Eight? 10. Okay. Wow. 10. Well, nine. Well, well <laughs> I, I even would write that one off as as a fluke. Nine point eight. Go 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 another ten times. Like they gave up four goals and five shots total. Right. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It may be on Thursday nights at nine fifty when you're a goaltender over at City National. Yeah, no. guaranteed. How's your team? Uh, we are suspect, but we have a lot of fun. How did, did you get recruited? Do you find some no, guys? No, we have uh, – it's our the operations uh, from City National Arena, so okay. all the, the rink people and uh, the Zamboni people, the rink uh, uh, I feel like you bosses. Should be good. Uh, we have some We have some former National Hockey League players, Tough. alumni uh, in there. No, the, the A division here is really good. Oh, it's the A division. It's really good. It's – like, gonna, it is. You going to get in this league tomorrow? I mean, first got to learn how to skate, but I mean, <laughs> well, how hard can it be? It's <laughs> if three-year-olds are doing it. <laughs> no, it's uh, that's one of the things that I noticed right away, and would tell uh, and still do tell people back home. The the rec hockey, the men's league hockey, it's at a high level here. Well, how, I, I that, get, how does that happen? Re- people retire here. Yeah, a little bit, and uh, you've got some college people. Uh, our, our summer league with some of the Silver Knights uh, every now and then, and uh, VGK guy will show up there. Uh, but uh, minor league pros and and college guys are all out there. It's as good as any skate you can get outside of being on the ice with the Is Golden Knights. England on your team? England does not play, and Shane does not play. Uh, Randy Burge plays. Okay. Uh, the uh, little uh, ball of hate. Uh, Spuddy, and uh, he's got uh, a couple of new knees, so he's he's going good. He actually got taller because of the new knees. Wow. And we've got uh, Adam Miller. Uh, he plays for the uh, Las Vegas Wranglers uh, sure. back in the day. Uh, he runs the minor hockey program over at City National Arena. And uh, Andrew Stewart uh, from Detroit. He's one of the other guys that plays goal. But we we've got a good team. Uh, but uh, but we're 
we're a filler in that league. Okay. Give it, give it a couple more teams. So that's right. But we have time. We have fun. That's mid red rec hockey league player Darren Ballard joining us <laughs> uh, for the Golden Knights. Uh, so, oftentimes, I think in, in other sports, in particular, in, in hockey, I think too, you have a, a, a long winning streak to start the year. You yeah. finally lose. Sometimes it's like, all right, let's, let's take a couple games. Just yeah. well, Dallas just went through it. Um, it. Do you expect that from the Golden Knights, or is this just just the train just keeps on rolling here with them? I think the train keeps on rolling now. The schedule gets a little tougher. They've had a couple of days off here. This is a good down week, chance to catch their breath, which I think is the perfect time for this. They've got L.A. tomorrow, which they can get up for and respond to. Then you've got San Jose on Friday, Oof. which should be Oof. a win. If you, don't, I, if you don't get 10, that's disappointing. Yeah. It, basically, yeah. <laughs> They've given up 10 back-to-back games. Uh, then you go on the road next week. For five. Now it gets a little tougher, a longer road trip. But they have an opportunity, and I didn't think that there was any chance of this. They have a chance to set the best 15-game start in NHL history. Last year, they were 13-2. and That tied it. They have a shot here, a legitimate opportunity to set the record this year for most points in the first 15 games of an NHL season. And that that's the most incredible part of this whole thing. That, that's Just win happened. the next two? Just win the next two. And they're both at home. Yep. Path you, is there. You, you, the path is there, but 13-2 and two, and then 13-1-1 one and one the next year? Like, that's unfathomable. It also, it you tells you, you a can't lot of, comprehend that. It tells you a lot of things. It tells you you don't have to have a, quote-unquote, Stanley Cup hangover to start a year like a lot of teams do. No. You don't have to. And also— But I understand why teams do. Oh, me too. For this, sure. This is the outlier. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but also, it tells you that preseason is just meaningless. Uh, I remember one game left in the preseason, uh, talking to several players in the locker room who just said, look, we got to figure this out. Like It's preseason. Results don't count, but we're just not playing well. Nope. And all of a sudden— Switch gets flipped. But they, they had a lot of different guys in and out of the lineup. The last two preseason games were, were really instrumental towards getting things dialed in. And the players decided that. They just said, Let, let's go. Now, a year ago, Colorado, now that it was a little different because they went so late into the summer, a lot later in the summer than, than Vegas did. They didn't play anybody in the preseason. Nobody. And they still had 109 points last year through through injury. So I'm, I'm right with you. Uh, the preseason is more about the organization than it is about the players coming back. Unless you have a team that's going through some changes and there's some roster spots available. Then, then it gets a, a little bit more detailed. But the Vegas didn't have that this year. There has obviously been since since year one a ton of guys that have come and gone, and you know people are still very tied in with the original guys. And I just want to ask about one right now. William Carlson is playing really well, like really well right now. What what, what I mean is it's not new necessarily, but it does look like he's playing at a different level. Yeah, well, his shooting percentage is upper twenty five percent last time I checked, so that that makes an impact. Yeah, uh, being able he scored a couple of goals probably not uh, against Colorado where. One found uh, its way in. Great shot, but found its way in. And then, and then a rebound. 25%, that's 30%. That's yeah. uh, upwards of 
pushing the boundaries. Yeah, it's not sustainable. But his ability to work with with uh, his his wingers has been really impressive, given that it's a newish line uh, for him. And I think he's just rejuvenated. He's he found some confidence last year, Adam, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And as good as that playoff run was, he's been better to start this year. I was one is at the highest level, and the other ones at the start of the season. But he's producing at a, at a better pace right now than he has, and I think it's just something clicked. He 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 dialed it in, and and he's just carried that over as much as anybody has from from last year. It's been fun to watch, and I'm happy for the guy because I wasn't sure that he would get back to a 30 goal type season or a 70 point type season. But he's on pace right now to, to do both those. Uh, it's been so good. Is there anything that's concerning right now about the Golden Knights? Is there anything you say, all right, this might need to get cleaned up? Because it doesn't – on the surface, no. no. On the surface, no, Health. it doesn't seem like Health. it. Health. And you, don't, you can't control that. So we'll see whether or not uh, we've got uh, uh, the full blue line coming towards this uh, in the next uh, week or so. But that, that would be about the, the only thing. There's, their, their special teams are both great, and their goaltending has been fantastic. And their production from from Jack Eichel to William Carlson to Jonathan Marchessault Hattricks, uh, it's 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 all fit in. And uh, I've been impressed with their depth too. The guys that have come up and filled in. You are going to the White House. Well, I should after that, right? Yeah, I think so. Giving them uh, A pluses. Yeah. Did you watch West Wing? Some of it. President uh, Bartlett. Uh, that's Sorkin, right? Yeah. One of the greatest writers that's ever lived. Walk with me. It's it's that motto of, of they walk around the White House and have meetings while they walk. Walk with me. I love it. And the way President Bartlett would put on his suit jacket. I like that, too. He'd flip it up and it's him. I'm more of a newsroom guy. Oh, I like the newsroom. I like the newsroom. I, I, like, I, like, I like newsroom. But Rob Lowe in West Wing was fantastic. Also Sports Night with Sorkin. Oh. And that's incredible. I had the box set. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. I, I, I can't believe that didn't last as uh, oh, longer. Bring it back. Bring Kefel, it back. Evgeny Kafelnikov. <laughs> I remember them going through talking about Kafelnikov. Sorry. All now, right. you, you can't do this to me. Bring up some of my favorites. I know. Great stuff. Darren Ballard will be on. You can check him out right across the hall. Great stuff that they'll have as always. And don't forget, this and all of our Golden Knights conversations are brought to you by Lerner and Rowe, your personal injury attorneys. Lerner and Rowe.